This is episode 84 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. Um, we got a request to talk about support and resistance. And Stephen Johnson. I think I'm a bit mental in general, prerequisite. I think Tim Bowen's a little bit mental as well. Today, Tim and Stephen focus on support and resistance levels. And they're going to walk you through a chart to show you what that means. So watch the video version of this episode through our website, SteadyTrade.com, or on YouTube to get the most out of today's episode about support and resistance. But today they're going to dazzle you with knowledge of things like this. This is a classic multi-week, multi-month breakout pack. What separates brilliant traders from amateur traders is you can spot this before it happens. And this. You know, handling the stress of day trading, I mean, it's a stressful job, especially when you're new, trying to learn this stuff. And this. I was a very hands-on entrepreneur, and that's actually one of the reasons why. I was a very handsome entrepreneur. <laughs> but they also spend some time talking about the psychology of trading and how easy it can be to burn out. And this is where Tim provides Stephen with a different kind of support. You've been out, you've lost interest, you're done. Because I haven't entirely lost interest, but I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, like, I need to have a girlfriend. And ladies, that's where you can respond with a different kind of resistance. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. So that's our episode today. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Um, we are going to do something, I wouldn't necessarily say different, but... um. If you are on iTunes, this is a little bit of a more visual, and a lot of this episode is going to be focused on a chart. Um, we got a request from one of the listeners, and it's a it's a common request to talk about support and resistance. So, uh, you know, it's something that we mention all the time. If you're if you're learning trading, you're going to hear those two terms over and over and over again. And I think a lot of the listeners are, are just asking for what we're going to do today. You know, give us a visual, okay? When you're talking about support, when you're talking about resistance, what do you see? What are you looking for? And how do the stocks tend to react? So I've got a chart of that I think is a good one because um, it, it represents some stuff on the daily chart, uh, which, is the, which is the one-year, one-day chart. Then we can also see where you can go back a little bit further on the two-year chart and see some things. And then you can also see where, mm, I don't want to say you got could have gotten tricked or could have gotten suckered into, you know, thinking that this stock was going to spike when ultimately it spiked right into a previous resistance level and then failed. So the chart I'm going to bring up is FNMA. Frank, Nancy, Mary, Alpha, which is a, a stock many of you are probably familiar with. It's it's a you know it's uh, Fannie Mae. It's a it's a stock that has ran many times in the past. You know, uh, uh, our friend Tim Gratani has made ridiculous amounts of money on this stock, but it spiked this week. We're record or last week. It would have been Friday, the week of January twentieth, my birthday. But uh, it did spike. Oh, on- it was your birthday. It yeah, was your birthday. Yeah. I was so gonna send you a birthday message, but I but I didn't. There, there were yeah, I appreciate it. You know, that's how much we care about each other. I was like, that's yeah, his birthday, but he didn't say Merry Christmas at Christmas on Christmas Day to me. So well, but I yelled <laughs> okay, at you. I yelled at you about staying out late drinking on on New Year's Eve. That's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Oh, you so. did do that. You did do that, but you didn't see you didn't say Merry. I was like, where's where's Tim Bourne's Merry Christmas message? Where where is it? And and your I think 
Um, yo, no, you're behind me. I can't remember. But anyway, a co- couple of things I want to talk about just before you, you bring in FNMA. FNMA or FNMA, they're both the same, right? Very similar tickers. Yeah, well, there's FMCC, which is Freddie Mac. Uh, yeah. Okay, a co- couple of things. I mean, one thing, just a co- I mean, maybe I'll address just a, not, nothing too crazy. Um, but I've sent a couple of mad tweets out recently. And this, this episode will probably be coming out soon. So just to address the mad, mad tweets, um, we're, we're still, we're still rocking and rolling, Tim Bourne and I. Um, and I just got a little bit tired of doing YouTube videos, but we are still rocking. Hopefully to the, to the happiness of the public. Uh, the second, and the second thing that I want to talk about is the importance of, uh, support and resistance and just some, uh, Interesting. So, so, so you, you know, if someone didn't see your tweets, um, you know, again, you're my, you're my, you're my co-host partner. You're my buddy. I love you. You know. Well, I always say, you love is. Well, I've had, no, tremendous, I, I've had tremendous support from you guys. If, if I'll be honest, I, I, I always say I love you, but I don't like you. You know, you, you make me <laughs> mad. You know, you're, you're like a, you're like my son, my brother. I love you, but there's times you make me mad, but ultimately you're my brother. So elaborate a little bit because, because you mentioned the tweets, but many, many thank listeners you, might not have for, seen them. So no, and I mean, and also thank you to the, the Twitter community. I, I received such an overwhelming amount of positive support and messages. I mean, it was only like, it was like 40, 40 messages, but it echoed the sentiment of, of I'm sure a wider audience. Just of like, thanks for all the work you've done. Thanks for being a cool kid. Thanks for being authentic. And, and it is something to be authentic in a, in a trading world where a lot of people are not authentic. But I mean, it was basically saying after, after, after a few years of putting my entire life uh, online in public, and I just need to scale back. And it's simply for the fact that having a full-time job or more or less a full-time job, which is amping up a bit and it's, it's getting more and more demanding, which, and it's getting more and more exciting at the same time. And I touched um, on this and, you know, in one of the previous yeah. episodes that, that Stephen wasn't at, um, you know, and I talked about that. I'm like, you know, I, I see your social and we talk and stuff. And I mean, like you're doing, you know, the reason you didn't record one of the podcasts this week is you were up till like midnight doing a pitch. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you're the day job is booming, which, Hey, that's a great thing. You it's know, it's sweet. not a bad thing. Yeah, it's no, no, it's it's sweet, and it, and it brings it brings another kind of psychological. Uh, it, it, it makes us think about something else as well. Maybe we'll address it. Maybe we won't. But but yeah, I mean, basically, uh, um, I'm a I like to. I'm very obsessive. I'm quite driven, and my whole family's obsessive. We all come from that background, and I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to do this job uh, in Dubai, and then I'm going to do this this other job with the podcast and I'm going to do this job with YouTube. I'm going to do me all my own shit and then I'm going to be a full-time trader. And I got to the point where through no one's fault but mine, I started doing crazy hours, which was cool. Cause I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to achieve all this, all these things. And, and I did achieve a lot of things in terms of YouTube popularity, epic podcast with you, which thousands of listeners are super like proud of what we've done. And they learn a lot. And I uh, learned some other things about like how to monetize an audience, how to engage fans, how to give back. Uh, but ultimately, the, the price over a couple of years of doing 13, 14, 15 hour days or whatever it was is eventually you get to a point where you're just like, I've, I've give up too much. And uh, so, so specifically in January, I've like been, I have got to rein things back a bit. 
and where where you've been particularly uh, and surprisingly because you're not nice to us all the time, I'm just joking. Where, where you've been where you've been particularly good about things, and I really I really appreciate it and I really respect it, is you've been understanding. So for the fact that I'll say like, look, I have to pull back from things here and there. You've not been like. We're gonna we're gonna scour the internet for another British co-host. <laughs> well, I've been like, you, you know, like, something to remember. You. you know, remember my bio as well. I mean, remember I was where you were at one point. I mean, I had a, I, I, I was a, you know, many of you, maybe this is your first episode. I mean, I was a business owner. I had twenty employees, ten thousand customers. At that point, my my children were very young. You know, this is going back ten years ago. I'm trying to learn day trading. I'm trying to, you know, run this business. You know, again, I was a very hands-on entrepreneur. That's actually one of the reasons why. I was a very handsome entrepreneur. <laughs> one of the reasons I ultimately sold the business is I had, I had intertwined myself too much with it. And, and yeah. I, you know, basically everything had, had to happen with me. So I'm, I'm learning day trading. You know, handling the stress of day trading. I mean, it's a stressful job, especially when you're new, trying to learn this stuff. Running the business, I had, you know, you know, my 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 kids were toddlers at the time, so that keeps you yeah. very busy. I mean, I was coaching you sports, so I think one of you know, one of the reasons I I'm like, hey, I get where Stephen's coming from, because I was there. I was there in 2009, so. No, and, and I, I super appreciate it because, I mean, to some degree, I was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, like, I've scaled back from some of the YouTube stuff. I've scaled back from trading a little bit. I'm like, what are the, what are the podcast guys going to say? What is, what is Tim Bone going to say? I'm like, uh oh, like, not, 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 not really worried, but I didn't think you'd be as understanding as you were. And, and one of the reasons why people probably like the podcast and one of the reasons why I've got a following I know at least is because I'll be mega authentic about life. And kind of be more, I'm very grateful, very, very honest to think like beyond the stock market and we're all learning, we're all, we're all getting to the next level. We're all moving. And, and I'm sure that I'll continue. I think I will continue. Um, but through times of maybe, I don't know if it's called burnout. I, I, I think it's really good to know that you'll have people that will understand your situation, understand your position. They can reflect you're a bit older, quite a bit older. <laughs> Quite, quite, quite a lot older, <laughs> but, but you'll understand. And I was surprised that you understood. I was a bit like, I was a bit like, are these guys just going to tell us to like, be like, look, you've, you've been out, you've lost interest, you're done. Cause, uh, cause I haven't entirely lost interest, but I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, like, I need to have a girlfriend. I need to like go out with me, pals and that. I, I mean, life can't be dictated by the stock well, market. I tell you something that I think that many people overlook i mean one of the great things you know for for many of our listeners i'm guessing you know trading is a side hustle i mean i mean i'm sure the majority of the the listeners have a day job they're at school whatever they've got these other uh uh responsibilities and i tell you the great part about having day trading as a side hustle is you just don't open up your brokerage account. I mean, you don't have, when you get really busy at work, when you have a kid, I mean, I love seeing the inspirational photos of like, of like a guy with his newborn and he's day trading. And I'm like, come on, dude, you're kind of missing the point. 
you've got a newborn baby, you know, the beauty of day trading is you don't have to be there every day. So that, and if you've got other side hustles, you know, if you're like following Gary V and you're buying stuff at yard sales or whatever, or you're running an online business, I mean, you can't walk away. That the beauty of no. dating is just don't trade. You know, I, I think that I think that's an important that's an that's definitely an important distinguishing point as well. I I would say that I'd say the initial six to twelve months you have to be quite obsessive to to learn it. Sure, it like sure. like with any craft or skill, you have to be pretty obsessive. But once, but after that, then it is up to you how involved or uninvolved you are. And it's very easy to look at the top percent gainers and think, he has me set up. This is not me set up. It's very easy to tune in at two o'clock and think, me set up might come. It might not come. You, you've already give uh, examples of how you traded while running a business. And, and if you can trade while running a business, you can trade while running a full-time business. Simply by like maybe using alerts on stocks, but I also wasn't. I mean, again, I there were there were times if if we had a a big project, like if we had a huge project, I wasn't I wasn't launching. You know, back then I used Thinkorswim. I just didn't open it that day because I'm like, geez, oh, Pete's, we got deadlines, we got all this stuff to do, and 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 I knew that trading would be there when the project was done. Yeah. So 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 just to make the point, I mean. I'd say, Pot, you need to put a good six to 12 months and maybe even 18. But once you've got the ground knowledge, once you've found one setup that really genuinely appeals to you, one that you know works, then, then you can hop in and out of the mortgage. If it's not here, it's not here. If it is here, maybe I'll stick around 10 minutes. I'm going to see how this works out. And if it does hit that resistance level, which is the topic of today, then maybe I'll short it at that resistance or I'll buy it at that support, which is what we'll talk about. Uh, just last clarification. What happened with me is, and where, where I feel I've gone wrong is, and I think I'm a bit mental in general, prerequisite. And I think Tim Bone's a little bit mental as well. And I think this is why we'll have this good, good relationship in the podcast. But I think where I went wrong is I was like, you know, I mean, you've said some crazy stuff in the past, Stephen, but, but, but not same, even on air. We're not same, even touching the, we're not same, even touching the off air you know, stuff. <laughs> no, I think saying that you might have a mental <laughs> disorder might be the craziest thing you've ever said in, in 80 plus episodes. <laughs> but I think with me, um, I'm a very obsessive and extreme person. And I think to be honest, Tim, you're obsessive and extreme as well. You're, you're, but, and, and and I think Joe Rogan is obsessive and extreme as well. I think yep. every we all have this crazy thing. And Dave and Goggins, I mean, Jocko Willink, all these guys, The Rock. I mean, look look at The Rock. Yeah, I mean, they're all the obsessive is, and extreme. Is yeah. like is like. I mean, I know The Rock doesn't seem like he's crazy because he's the nicest, but, but most he, positive guy in the world. But how do you do what The Rock does? I mean, he shoots a movie for like eighteen hours a day and then goes to the gym at four a.m. The guy's freaking crazy. There's no doubt about yeah. it. He's crazy in a and, good way, but yeah, and, and I mean, and and just as a general, as a general thought, I mean, it's like, and I, I don't, I don't want to big myself up here at all, but it's like, how how does some random guy who's not profitable at trading, who's from the other side of the world, somehow end up on a podcast with an established trader who's popular, backed by a, a, a good trading company, and and it's like. The only explanation is that you've got some weird, dedicated, obsessive personality that gets you where you want to be because you want it more than anyone else, which well, is okay. true. But at the same time, what, what, what can be very, and, I, and I'll never change myself for anyone, but it can also become a hindrance when you think, I'm going to do all of this, I'm going to do all of this, I'm going to do all of this. And then you'll start 
So, so the point that I'm trying to make, I don't want to go around corners, is you can trade part-time. You can trade profitably part-time. You have to do the year first, but after the year, you'll, you can do it as long as you have the discipline to stick to your setups. Where you may come into a problem is if you've got a mental obsessive personality like I have, which has done as good over the years. I'm, I'm sitting in a pretty good position. But for people like me, I will burn out. And I'll, I'll, I'll go crazy, guns to the wall, no girlfriend, no friends. And I'll not be just working on trading. I'll be working on trading, YouTube, podcast, full-time job. And then I'll burn. I'll burn out and I'll be like, I just want to think of anything, boss. Do you know what I mean? No, no. Well said. Well said. So, But I, um, but I really admire your understanding of it. What I want to come around and say is uh, I appreciate the understanding. Hey, man. You're a, nicer, you, man. you're a nicer man than I thought you were. You're a nicer <laughs> man than I thought you were. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, I've never been around for Christmas. I've never been around for Christmas. I, 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 I don't like compliments. Compliments give me anxiety. So let's move on. So anyway, lots of good stuff. So, I, I think I don't believe you get anxiety either. Do you get anxiety? I just don't I just, like. I don't like compliments. Let's move on. Do you get? Do you get anxiety? Just have a major anxiety problem. <laughs> All right, FNMA, go, 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 go. Yes. All right. So anyway, some great trading knowledge there, and and and, and I, life, I think life knowledge. Good, good job. I I I think that will uh, I think that will be very useful to to the listeners. I'm sure many of them are overwhelmed. It's a human moment. It's a human moment, and I think that needs to be shared. And I think people respect it. So let's move on to FNMA. And again, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, if you are on iTunes, um, maybe bring up the chart. You could print it out or make sure, you know, on YouTube, you'll be able to see my screen. So what we saw on Friday, and, and this is the, the uh, five-day chart on screen right now, Fannie Mae had been dormant for a considerable amount of time. I mean, let me jump over to the one year just as kind of comparison just to see. I mean, it had been dormant for about six months and then had started to spike up kind of into, you know, into the middle of January. But the key point I want to focus on is these key levels and these support and resistance levels, particularly around whole dollars, which would be the $2 level. That's the point I want to point out as well as, you know, previous highs and those support and resistance levels. So now you're looking at the five-day chart, and you can see all day on Friday. I mean, it was up, but it really wasn't doing anything. Then into the middle of the day, there a little bit of a perk, but then you can see once it hit that $2 level, I mean, and there's, there was some news, but the news had been out for hours. Yeah, so, there's no crazy volume there, though. There's no crazy volume, but it's exactly. still too low. And, and that's why I think that's why I wanted to use it as an example, because the fact is that I think, in my opinion, everybody, and this is, remember, support and resistance levels are based on psychology. Everybody was like, holy crap, Fannie Mae's at two bucks. So now let me jump over to that one-year chart. And you can see that going back to February, um, you know, the stock couldn't get over to, it spiked last fall into that $2 resistance and then failed, failed hard. So you can see that that $2 level was in play in August uh, of 2018, had a multi-day run, two to three day uh, run, hit exactly two, and then was a disaster. Then no, the, what volume, though, the volume is the volume is what tells the story. 
True. And, True. and the, I mean, the volume is 90 million, 40 million, where previously it was 10 and 50 million. And the other thing is, is what I've learned from a lot of Tim Cretani webinars is you cannot underestimate that second leg. Sure. Let it push. Let it push. Let it consolidate. It might, it might drop from the twos to the one fifty. So it, actually, I, I, I like, I like what you want to say, but I want to introduce it for yeah, people like listening because what you're talking. And, and so, so now let me set up the chart, then make your point. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Okay. I know. I no, no, no. Please. But then you can see. Early in January, it had five, six days in a row and again failed at two and failed hard. I mean, it touched two dollars and two cents on January you're 10th gonna, and then dropped. You're going to the sh- you're gonna say the shorts in there. You're going to say the shorts in there. Then we get the reclaim on Friday. So now finish your point. So. Well, I mean, you've kind of complimented a few points. I, I, th- I think the, the fact that it's, um, it's a whole dollar on two. Um, but, but, and Tim Grattani in a lot of his webinars has talked about his stock making a move, pulling back and then making a second move. And, and it really comes to the point of a stock can never be up too much. Like you can say this stock's at one. Now it's at two. It's never going to three, but this stock probably is going to three. It's probably going to have a second leg. And the reason why that happens is because the stock price doesn't really matter. What matters is the psychology of how many shorts are in this, how many shorts think that's going to feel like too. I mean, I, I bet you a lot of longs, I think it's going to feel like too. And if we go to the 15-minute chart, it, I haven't seen the 15-minute chart on on that day. But if, the, if, if that stock... So if we look at it, yeah, so it pushed through in the morning, did it? So basically, the stock ripped up to the threes, came back down, held, and then in pre-market, it broke through. Yep, yep. So, so yeah, this is Friday right here, and then this is Monday when it when it rebroke out and then failed at three again. But yeah, so. but I mean, if if we think if we think from a amateur to intermediate trading perspective, um, you've you've definitely missed that push at one o'clock. So obviously, some news has broke out. It's pushed. So the next, the next kind of opportunity is to think, can I buy it the next day? And if, for me, if you buy it at 275 on the break, you're chasing. So, I mean, for me, for me, I mean, and I know you'll say take a red or green, but you, you didn't, I mean, you don't know from the 15 minute chart this, if it did go red or green. This, this didn't really do, I mean, it, it did, a, it, no. it really wasn't what I was looking for as a red to green, really. So. But, but I mean, in hindsight, it, it's, it's re-breaking key levels. It looks like it's going to have a second leg up. I mean, I, I know where you're coming from with this. I've, I've seen this chart pattern on DVDs. I've seen this chart pattern in real life. And now we're seeing it right now on the podcast. This is a classic, um, multi, multi-week, multi-month breakout pattern. But the, what separates, and I've said this before, and I've, is what separates brilliant traders from amateur traders is you can spot this before it happens. And the question is, is FNMA going to become a multi, multi-month, multi-year runner? And can we spot it before it happens? And I, See, I would like I to hear your input. I'd like to hear your input on that. So, and that's why, again, why I chose this as the example today is now, and I almost always only operate off the one-year chart. I, I typically don't go back further. But remember, Fannie Mae has a history of spiking. The stock has spiked many times in the past. And that's why I, it, I wanted to it's look It's on support at, right now, eh? It's on support right now. 
Well, and now, once I bring up the two-year chart, this is why I was never that in love with this because of going back to that two-year chart. And you can see that for, you know, from February 17 till the middle of, of or, or the beginning of 2018, this stock struggled at three. The, this was a resistance level, in my opinion. Let me, I'll drop a line on there. And remember, when you're drawing support and resistance lines, you're kind of averaging, okay? So I'm averaging this level, but I'm also choosing three again because it's that whole dollar, half dollar. And one of the reasons why I thought, even though this thing had that big move, and if you missed it on Friday, why I wasn't in love with that week open red to green on, well, it wouldn't have been Monday. It would have been Tuesday because of, of Martin Luther King Day was because of this multi-year resistance at three. And then you can see Fannie Mae, again, we'll go back to the daily chart. I mean, there's my yellow line on the two-year chart. And you can see within, and, and remember, technical support and resistance is, is, it's not a science. You're kind of picking levels, averaging mm-hmm. levels. But you can see it spiked within four cents of three and then failed on that level going back to, you know, a year and a half of sitting at three bucks. But, but yeah. And I mean, this, this definitely goes back to, and it, this is a hard thing for newer traders to understand, but it, it, it really depends on the float. And I, I bet you FNMA is a huge float, right? Billion float. Billion. Yeah. Billion. Yeah, it's, it's not even four, it's not even four or 500 million. It's a billion. So when you look at where it fell back in uh, February, March, traded like 80 million. So it's going to take like a few hundred million shares traded on that day for this to make any kind of move that's like break into a new level. Like it might, it might make multi-day runs. It might have a little run. It might, it might like surprise some people. Shorts might get squeezed a bit, but ultimately with a billion floats, when it's a downtrend and chart, it's, it's going to take some massive movement for it to go. And, 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 and that's, that's a key why, point, and that's something I tell you know yeah. I, I use I use this analogy when we're looking at the float and we're looking at these former runners we we love the former runners but the high float former runners I I use that analogy of Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill okay you know he was doomed to perpetually I know that analogy as well and I use that analogy a lot with the float I mean if you've got a huge float. It takes so much power, so many buyers, so much to move that rock up the hill that most likely, unless you break that, those, those multi-year levels. Now, had yeah, we, which are miles away, which are miles yeah, away on FMA. Exactly. If, had we broke three, maybe I wouldn't be using this chart as an example because then the volume probably would have come in, but it shows you that there's just not enough momentum, not enough buyers to push this through those levels. Cause remember back to support and resistance, there's people that have been bag holding this stock forever. And a lot of people, when the floats that big, there's a lot of people. And when they catch these moves, they're like, Oh my God, Fannie Mae's back at three, a year and a half later, um, get me okay. out. Yeah. And, and I mean, and the ultimate lesson is, uh, you can respect hold dollar numbers. You can ex- you can respect hold dollar breaks. You can you can respect half dollar breaks, but ultimately, 
do not just look at a two month chart. You have got to look at or a the six month chart, I mean, the twelve month chart, the one year this, chart. This is why I wanted to bring up Fannie Mae. I mean that I think- dip looks that dip looks sexy, right? That dip <laughs> looks sexy right now. But but, but I- is it not sexy? Not really. I'm I'm going back to Friday. I mean, I'm I'm not sure if you were watching the markets. I mean, the internet, the quote unquote internet, was losing their minds about Fannie Mae on Friday, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, you get lucky sometimes. I'm not saying I saw this coming a mile away, but I'm like, everybody is losing their minds about Fannie Mae, and I'm like, who cares until it breaks three? Because I'm like. Okay, but- you know, Tim, Tim, go, go go back to the intraday, and I think it's an important lesson. So intraday, as far as I'm concerned, you have the initial rip, you have the push, and, and it's like the ABCD pattern. You have the A is the spike, B it drops. If this stock comes up to the 275, 280s, that's kind of the C, and the D is it breaks new highs. So on an ABCD intraday, month level, this looks like a super hot stock. But if you go back to the two-year chart, if you just skip back, I mean, you can, you, you can say that this stock has a terrible, terrible, terrible history of failing around kind of $3. And not only that, but because it's a thousand, it's a, it's a one billion float, it's going to take momentous volume. It's going to take insane volume, uh, to move this beyond the three level. Um, so, so basically you need this stock to push. I mean, from, I can say the force here, but. You need the stock to push towards its cons- the the previous consolidation level of where it was having highs, consolidate and then push through with record volume. And I mean, and that's like yeah. So we can say so, the three fifties. So yeah, yeah. And here, even even on the five, hey, five year chart, you can see you can see that three dollar level comes into play even in twenty fifteen. I mean, it broke through it for a couple days but then struggled with it again. Notice how that three level just keeps coming in play. And it, that, that is what we talk about as a resistance level. So on screen now right. is the five year chart. But Tim, never say never, never say never. I mean, when you look back at 2017, do you see the gap up in the push? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is obviously people are shorting this thing. And now this isn't, this isn't going further. Well, I, I don't know. I can't see further back. But every now and then it might squeeze through the resistance level and push, but so it might, it might have another leg up, but I'm not saying like with the stock market, you can never say what's going to happen. No one can predict what's going to happen. But what, what I would say is if it doesn't have the volume, it's not going to push through. And if for whatever reason it does push through, it's going to rocket through. <laughs> Basically, but you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Yes, and that's the point. And remember, because because the reason we care so much about resistance is, remember, that's that you're banging against that wall. And once that wall breaks, again, that $3 level, if and when yeah. it comes, maybe by the time this podcast airs, you know, this podcast will probably air a week from now or two weeks from now. If three breaks on volume, then all that's insane. <laughs> but 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 that's the point. Like so, the, the the most important differentiator with the stock market from anything else. Like if, if you have a, a gold statue, the gold statue one week from now is worth the same price as a gold statue. If you have a a copper pipe, if you want to buy the copper pipe a week later, it's 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 the same value as the copper pipe. But where stocks differentiate is it's all based on probability. So. 
when you're looking at FNMA, you're thinking this is highly likely going to going to fail at three because it doesn't have the volume. So I would never go along this. But if this breaks through the three level, it is going to go insane because everyone has expected that it's not going to break. So if it does break, there's going to be absolute insane fireworks. And and this is where some of the best traders make the money. Where, I mean, Roland texted today. Um, let's see what he said. I can't remember. But, but, but like where Roland capitalizes on things is he will look for situations where the unexpected thing happens. And based on human emotion, when, when you are like, this is going to, I'm, I'm going to show this because it's going to fail. I'm going to show this because it's going to fail. I'm going to show this because it's going to fail. When that shit doesn't fail and you think it's going to fail, you're like, I'm not covering because I don't think it's going to fail. But everyone naturally short is covering all, all the intelligent longs are like, shorts are squeezed so i'm going long and it rips to new highs and and i think to a degree this is what's happening with fnma right now i don't think it's got the volume i don't i don't think it i don't think it's got the volume to move i think it's a, a billion float and it's not gonna yeah you can see like today you can i mean back back to the intraday chart i mean look at these these are 15 minute candles i mean look at look at right now i mean the the volume is barely perceptible. It, you know, we're recording this at and two that's p.m. It. That, that's what says it's going to fail. Like, and, and that's why the relationship between volume and uh, price action is so important because that volume says that's going back to the one eighties, and that's why volume is so important. That's why volume is such an important reader. But, so, the, but, but then, but well, yeah, but then it, you might get a million shares out of nowhere, no? Well, but that's what. You, you That's one of the unpredictabilities of Fannie Mae because, again, this is a very – what I, I I call Fannie Mae a very newsy stock, so N-E-W-S-Y. You know, this is – these are the, the, the GSEs, the government-sponsored entities that, that underwrite a lot of uh, mortgages in the U.S. So, um, I mean, anything can happen if the news changes. You know, if, if something comes out that the government is changing something, then all bets are off. You know, I was mostly looking at it based on Friday because of the fact that everybody, and I mean everybody, if, if you can go back in your Twitter feed, was talking about, oh, here comes, you know, five six seven on fannie mae when it was at 220 <laughs> and i'm just like man there's so many levels that this thing has to break you know going the, back to that five-year chart yeah. i mean they're they're yeah i get it i mean it, the it thing, can it, like it can leg up though it can leg up but it needs the volume right yes it needs yep. the record volume and you it agree, needs to right? break those levels yeah yeah yeah, but but the only way it's going to break those levels is with volume, right? It has to have insane volume to break those levels. And I think that that is what happened at the $2 level. I think everybody was looking at, you know, a, a three-month chart, a six-month chart, and they were like, holy cow, Fannie Mae's breaking out, and that's why everybody was so excited. And by looking back at a one-year or a two-year or even a five, you could see that odds, you know, all, all we can do is focus on probabilities, and odds are – when you've got all these resistance levels to break, it might get there. You know, it might get there. Might, might. But is it going to do it last Friday? Is it going to do it Monday? Uh, no. Yeah. But, so what you've got to think is like, how well is it holding its highs in a day? How much volume is it having compared to the level of volume that it's failed well, at right previously? Now it's, it's, it's uglier than you right now. <laughs> right now it's failing. It, it's on support. But it's about to crack. It's a it's a top short. Right now it's it's about to crack those <laughs> levels on very weak volume. 
No, but I mean, you've, you've got, but like, it's not like the, the weird thing about trading is it's like, it's not how good the company is. It's not how good the financials are. It's not like how much it's paying its shareholders. It's more like how much are people interested in this stock moving to the next level? What is the resistance level? What, what resistance level did it fill at last time? And what volume did it fill at? And, and is there more volume this time? Is there more interest, more demand? For it to actually break through those levels, and if it does break through those levels, how many shorts are going to be underwater? Is a polite way, and how many longs are going to be clever enough to buy it because they realize it? And then you get the supernovas, the parabolics, and and the rest of it. But the the best term that we like to use in trading terms is a clean chart. When you see these like really downward spiraling charts, you're like, oh yuck, yuck. Like Tim Bourne, you're the best. Really, like yuck, yuck, yuck. When you when you see a when you see a relatively even if it's a downtrend downtrend and chart, when it has when it has these massive fifty million volume days, you're like, oh, this is in play. That's a yeah, breakout. Okay. That that that's a inter day. That's a that's definitely a breakout. And I would say, would you say that could have another leg up or not? Well, I think it's, in my opinion, and this is why I chose this chart to focus on, I think it's doomed until it breaks three or even 350. I mean, I mean, that, I, I just think you're, you're going to be stuck in a, in a chop and, and ultimately until it can break that level from last fall, um, or, or fall of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, or, or 2017, sorry, I was looking at the, yeah. So until it can break fall of 2017 levels, I just think it's a one and done. It's a spike and fail. I mean, I oh, know it yes. put in, I know it put in two days last week, but it's, it's just, I consider it a broken, a, a failed breakout because it can't break resistance. Yeah. And, and if it fails at the threes, it's going right back down to the ones. So here is some free study trade advice that, we are legally not obliged to do, and Tim Bone, Tim Bone will agree with me, but he won't. But short it until three risk from three twenty. If it goes through three twenty, go long. If you short it at three and it fails, hold it little one, and uh, you should make money either way. In hindsight, short it at three and it should fail. But if it gets through three, if it gets through three twenty, go long. And yep, that's yep. the so- mad unpredict- unpredictability of stocks. And that's the, that's what, you know, one of Steven's preferred, you know, trading setups is to short into those resistance levels. And, and that's again why I brought this up because, it, you know, that, that's the point. You know, if you're short bias the stock, which again, the volume's telling you it probably can't get there. So you <laughs> short into that resistance level. And then if it proves you wrong, you know, you stop out, you know, you know, every, every trade has to have an exit. And if it breaks three on volume, it's telling you, it's now telling you that, hey, resistance is done. This is not yeah. a short anymore. You take your 20 cent loss and, you know, in Steven's, you know, hindsight, you know, not, hypothetical. Not, 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 not done them. Not took them. <laughs> but yeah, I understand. But, 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 you know, you stop out in that hypothetical scenario and, and big deal, you know, because, because now it's proven to you that it can run. Yeah. But, but, but even like one step earlier, um, if, if, Say this is tomorrow and this starts spiking through 320, you, you need to get out immediately because shorts are panicking and covering. And if, if it spikes a little bit and consolidates throughout the day, I would still say this is not breaking down because there's too many shorts who are worried. There's more longs who are invested. It's probably going to go to th- from three to four. Uh, 
So FNMA is interesting, and, and it's, it's such a contradictory chart because the long-term chart says this is done. The, the weak volume says this is done. The resistance level says this is done. And, and it's probably a good chart, but just one little bit of news, and the more you think a stock is going to fail, the more it will spike to new levels. If it's well, that, that was the point. I, I kind of got sidetracked yeah. a little bit. I, I would be cautious shorting this because of the fact it is a newsy stock. You know, you know, that, that I try, you know, well, what I um, like about the junk biotechs that you like to short. I mean, they'll, they'll issue a press release and then nothing happens for years. You know, something like Fannie Mae again, the government, you know, That's anything, you know, news could come out that could really short or move this stock. So I'd be very cautious shortening it but based on the chart i agree with you totally so and and the other thing is you can get borrows on this so for a lot of people who are like oh i can't get borrows on this i can't get borrows on that you will get borrows on fnma like you will get them because it's it's a billion float you and you'll not be like oh i'm paying a, a big fee the next day the next day the next day you can get borrows so not that i'm advising anyone but if this does come back to one that's that's a good trade that's a good short but if it goes through four, three and four, told you, told you not, told you not to, do you know what I mean? No, no. And that's where, that's where support and resistance comes into play. So, um, what, would like to know your comments. Uh, let us know, you know, I know again, if you're listening on iTunes, we did our best to kind of explain what we were seeing, but, uh, you know, feel free to comment, please. You know, do you like these more visual, type podcasts and again and if you're on youtube same thing do you like it when we break down the chart um and also you know i'd like to thank you Stephen, for the, your intro that was some great introspection and and i mean as i mentioned i was there you know 10 years ago with the job the family everything you know and and the key takeaway well there's a lot of them number one is look for those whole dollar half dollars don't focus on the one day chart look at the one year the two year the three year and then remember, I think the biggest takeaway is don't underestimate the freedom that trading allows. I mean, that is why I've chosen this career path and why I sold my business. Because if I want to go hunting or go chop some wood or go on vacation, that's the beauty of trading. You just close the laptop and you go. There's no boss. There's no contracts. There's no deadlines. Don't overestimate or don't underestimate that. And if you're like Steven and you're busy as hell at work, you're trying to do YouTubes, you're trying to do a podcast, you're trying to day trade, you know, the beauty of day trading is the freedom that it allows. Yeah, and and touche, touche. I think I agree with that. I mean, oh, for sure. Hey, was, that, that. was that like an Easter egg? An Easter egg. An oh, Easter egg oh, old school egg. old school listeners may recognize the touche reference. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure though. So yeah, is that, I mean, uh, now, now must be I'm I'm guessing your medications are working better because you haven't mentioned touche in a while. <laughs> was, was that just I, I don't, a I don't, even, I don't even know if touche is still trading. I have to have to <laughs> hit him up and still message him, but your your imaginary but, friend touche? No, he's he's no he's real. But uh, what I would say to people is the best advice I can authentically give anyone is that, and and it's funny because it's accustomed to the podcast. I'd say take the steady trade route. Uh, I'd say because for me, I'm very obsessive, and I'm like, and not just in trading, but in everything. I'm and and to me, to me, blessings. It's helped us achieve things faster. 
that's it. Take the steady trade route. If if you're a if you're a young man with a family, don't don't rush into stuff. Take the steady trade route. Maybe you want to go on pro. Go slow. Do a couple of hours a day. Make it a three year plan. Make it a four year plan. Learn over time, but don't 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 necessarily be obsessive. Don't give up other things. If you're a 17 year old kid, whatever. Go obsessive. Go full blown. Like if the, if that's what you want to do, if that's what makes you happy, do it. Uh, but but from me and my crazy obsessive personality, I would say, again, take take the more steady route and and enjoy everything's in your life, so you don't kind of burn out in some way. And and I'll be I'm I'm sure I'll be around over the next few years. I'm sure Tim Bone will tolerate us for a few more years and the the wackiness. And and he's been a great guy for doing that. So. You've got a lot of your lifetime, and you've got a full lifetime to to achieve your goals. And and Tim Bowen, the man himself, he, he wasn't making money in trading straight away. He he was he was running a business, and then over three or four years, he was interested in it, and then he moved on to being a full time trader, like five plus years in. Yep. So it's not like a mad rush to get it in one year, get it in two. If you've got family, if you've got kids, if you've got other commitments, if you've got a job that you like. Uh, take the slower route. The market will be around forever. And, and that's what I would say. Hi, this is Sonia May from Albany, Georgia. And I like to travel the world while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. If you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Orlando. Goodbye. Goodbye.